Welcome to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D Mendy here, joined by Doc, Little Cheesecake, and Marty Party. There's a lot to unpack with Marty Party for a second. I don't know what the glasses. What was going on with that? Um, yeah, so these are my the blue light glasses, you know. And I I noticed, you know, Doc has his, Hart has his. I just, you know, mm-hmm. want to put them on, but they're all smudging. I can't see a damn thing. So they had to go. <laughs> I was looking for glasses porn. Uh, fortunately, not provided wow. there for Marty Party. <laughs> comg.com that's right <laughs> sorry uh also interesting right before the show marty just threw a nugget out there to us that he's once talked to kyle gibson's wife at a baseball game we've been yep. friends for over a year and now this is coming to light you know i just got a lot of things up my sleeve like that um but i talked to her in a nice proper way i let her know that her husband is a great pitcher especially when he was on the twins and he was on my current fantasy baseball team unfortunately he was also on my team last week and I'm sure Doc would like to talk about that for a moment. Yeah, uh, Doc. Is no, no, we'll save life. it for bring out your dad. Ah, <laughs> That's good. good. Can mm-hmm. I talk about not that I talk to a current baseball player's wife, but a baseball player himself? You mean when he acknowledged you with like a head nod? Yes, yes. Uh, I went to two Orioles games this weekend, and I saw AJ Puck on Friday, and I said, "AJ, you're very valuable in fantasy baseball. You give great <laughs> ratios." And he, you know, did this. <laughs> and then I showed up the next day. And when they walk to the bullpen, they do it at the bottom of the first inning. I said, hey, AJ, it's me again from yesterday. The guy that said you give great ratios. And he did not acknowledge me that time. Yeah. It, I'm you shocked. give great ratios. I know, that's why. Yeah. It's, it's, so, like, um, I wish he had a, a, I wish he had a Twitter account because I totally would have tweeted him and said, AJ, I was the guy that talked to you twice about fantasy baseball. And you just have the ratios guy and he'll block you. The ratios guy. <laughs> the ratios you, you guy. Give me all ratios. those. Give me all your sexy ratios, AJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh Elsie, how's things in Cheesecake Land? Um uh you know, another another day wiser. I mm-hmm. figured out I got new glasses. They look pretty much just like my old glasses. But I have uh, I have an astigmatism in my eye, which means my eye is starting to get shaped like a football. So I wonder if that means I'll be better at fantasy football. Maybe I should start Ooh. playing again. Ooh. With a, football is so deep in me that it's in my eye uh, right now. So LC is recording on a Wednesday night, purposely because football starts tomorrow. You've got time to do another draft. I mean, this is. You got about 24 hours, less than 24 hours. I mean, we can do it right after the show if you want. I'll stay up I, for you. I mean, I I I I wouldn't uh, I would not honor the league by being uh, prepared for the draft. But uh, <laughs> but fair uh, enough. Fair enough. Maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, of course, you guys know another week of fantasy baseball. We're in week 22. I think it's three more weeks left of the fantasy baseball season, if I'm not mistaken. It's something pretty. We're right at the end here, so. With you all season long, a lot of great episodes planned in the off season that we'll talk about more as we wrap up in September. But we're going to get back to the task at hand, giving you guys the rundown on everything fantasy baseball over the last week, kicking things off with the TPF fantasy baseball rundown. (laughs) 
All right. The players that wowed us, players that are doing big things over the last week, starting off with one of the top prospects in baseball getting the call, Connor Henderson. I think I just said Gall, call Gall, and then got the uh, wow, I'm tongue tied. Gunnar Henderson over his last seven games, and I will preface these stats are about a day old if you're watching on YouTube when I made the graphics, but hitting over 300, it's got a homer, two runs, one walk to one strikeout, a stolen base, has already played third base and shortstop, but will sit against left handed pitching, not just because he struggled mightily in AAA, but also because he can't reach 130 at bats. For those that don't know, if you reach over 130 at bats, you lose rookie eligibility, which is going to impact him to be able to win rookie of the year next year. And that's big for the Orioles because they would lose a draft pick or not lose a draft pick. They would lose the opportunity to gain a draft pick if he's not doesn't have a chance to win rookie of the year. Uh, so let's go. Let me ask you, Mr. Uh, oh, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing Gunnar Henderson. If I looked at the chat on the side here, Gunnar Henderson, we've talked about in the uh, on the call. up. If you've actually ever anybody that's watching the the show here ever watched the call up on YouTube and on the podcast feed. Uh, he's fast. He has a lot of stolen base potential. He already has one steal early on. Believe uh, I don't think he did. He not hit, did he hit a home run today or am I mistaken? No, he doesn't have one today. He's somebody that is going to be an interesting player to talk about next year, Gunnar Henderson. Um, as I pull up his Statcast page here, Doc, why don't you tell us about your day while I pull up his Statcast page? Well, no, what I think about Gunnar Henderson is like with the Orioles this year, they're much better than a lot of people expected. I think next year their hitting is going to be really stacked. I think they do need to go all in and get a, another power bat. But Gunnar Henderson is going to fit good in that lineup. And from somebody that's gone to 15 Orioles games, there's just something about the chemistry of the team that I think everybody plays hard for one another. They hustle. uh, They run the bases really well. So they have a lot of young talent. And do you have your notes pulled up yet, David? Oh, yeah, yeah. One thing, I'll I'll talk a little bit about Gunnar Henderson. The power has never been anything great, just in terms of his minor league track record. In AAA this year, in 65 games, 11 home runs. So maybe I think at best you're hoping maybe a 20 home run bat in a full season. Um, the the walk rates have been fine. Double digit walk rates at pretty much every level since 2021. The multiple levels he's risen up. K rates have been somewhat manageable. Uh, right now only 21.9% in the big leagues and 18.3% in double A. Got up to about 26% in triple A, but not God awful. Uh, but this is a guy I think that's going to be a really good all-around player. He's a good defensive player. He's somebody that's going to be a fixture in this Orioles lineup that's growing more and more potent by the day with all these prospects. Adley Rutschman, obviously another one this year. Uh, they got great pitching with DL Hall and Grayson Rodriguez on the way here. And uh, I, I think he's going to be someone that you could see hitting more atop the Orioles lineup, collecting a r- lot of runs, hitting for a decent average. He's hit at least 288 or above. All three stops he's had so far in 2022 for the Orioles. So Gunnar Henderson, someone that's going to be interesting to look at next year, uh, just to give you a lot of different help in a bunch of different categories there. Buddy Albert checking in. Good evening, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Wednesday night here. Let's go to our next player, Nick Gordon of my Minnesota Twins. Over his last seven games and over 300 batting average, 8381 OBP, 700 slug. He's got 11 RBIs. Over those seven games, six of them coming versus Boston and 11 over that three game span should continue to play a lot of second base with Jorge Polanco on the IL. 
Let me ask you here, Mr. Uh, Marty Party. No, let me ask you here, Mr. LC, a little cheesecake. Nick Gordon, we're at the point in the season now where guys that are hot, we want to pick up. You're just worried mm-hmm. that if you pick them up after all of the stuff has worn off in a sense for these guys, is he somebody you think that can continue this over the last few weeks? Um, I think that he, well, he's been hitting well, he's been hitting well, uh, increasingly well as the season has worn on, um, his, uh, his batting average has gone up pretty much ever since his first month and he's provided good batting average. What hasn't really gone up is his power or his speed. Now he, he profiles as a decent speed option, doesn't profile as a huge power option, but his RBIs, as you said, are coming in. And part of the reason that is happening is because, because his batting average is high because they've had a little bit of injuries. He's hitting higher up in the lineup. He's been hitting fifth a lot lately. It's helped his batting average after he was hitting seventh much of the season. He's been maintaining a pretty high BABIP, but uh, I, I do worry about him for, for next season, whether or not he could maintain this, his swing percentage is really high. His own contact rate is pretty low. When he hits the ball, he hits it. He hits it hard. He just does not hit it with uh, with with home run power. I think for now, especially if you need RBIs with his position fifth in the batting order, he's a great option at second base. Yeah, and just pulling up over his last few games here, just for uh, for a reference point. Uh, again, this we were a couple days old. He uh, does not have any RBI since the weekend series where he had 11 combined between the Red Sox and the White Sox, but he is still collecting some base hits. He does have four hits in his last three games. So again, somebody that um, is going to get everyday playing time, and for a team that's chasing a playoff spot right now, he's going to play. Uh, and then it, the Twins are in the middle of a doubleheader right now, so... Uh, there are a lot of games for him to be able to to uh, contribute for you here. Marty Party, Jake McCarthy, somebody that I think we talked about a few weeks ago and then we touched on very briefly when we were talking about Corbin Carroll, but he needs to be talked about. He's got three home runs, 11 RBIs, six strikeouts over his last seven games, but also just stole two bases, I believe, in yesterday's or the day before game after I made this graphic. So he is, I think, 16 on the season and uh, or 14, maybe 14 to 16, somewhere in that range. Home runs in three of his last five games at this point. Six of 19 with 10 RBIs over that span. Somebody that's helping you in so many categories, and he continues to play every day for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes, just like the 1950s, McCarthyism has taken over here in the United States. (laughs) Wow. Um, That's amazing, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he has 15 stolen bases on the year. And the, the biggest thing, he's been a guy that's been optioned twice now. So the, the, the snakes have sent him down twice, and now he's, he's finally back. And the managers were talking about this to the press, that this is the first time in his major league career that he doesn't have to worry about being optioned, you know, if he has a bad game or two. So that's that's really has opened up his confidence. Um, he's only 60% rostered in Yahoo League, so I still think he could be a, see a tick there. Um, obviously he's a contact first guy. He's finding his power a little bit. And I think that comes in with his confidence and being able to see the ball a little bit more, but at the end of the day, speed is, is, is his biggest weapon. Uh, he had 79 stolen bases across uh, 232 games in the minors. He's batting third, fifth or sixth in the Diamondbacks. They're moving him around as much as possible. And this is the hottest the snakes have been from an offensive standpoint all season. So if you have the opportunity to get him, you know, and even in a 10 team league, uh, he's picked up in a couple of my 10 team leagues. So I would definitely uh, ride the uh, wave before it crashes. 
Yeah, and he's, for those that have been waiting for it to crash, he's just continued to produce. So if he's out there, you've got to roster him for the rest of the season, especially in Roto Leagues. Michael A. Taylor, someone who Doc is very familiar with, having watched him play a lot in Washington, is an over 400 batting average, 423 OBP, 800 slug, two homers, five RBIs, six runs over those seven days. And over last weekend series with the Detroit Tigers, six of 13 with three extra base hits and five multi-hit games in his last seven. And again, this was as of Monday. So Doc, Michael A. Taylor getting a lot of playing time for the Royals. In five outfielder leagues, are you intrigued? Yeah, I'm definitely adding him in a five outfielder league. At 31 years old, we kind of know who he is. Somebody that will hit in the you know, 250, 260 range, uh, high single digits, low double digits, home runs, 50 to 60 RBIs, give you a handful of stolen bases. This year, I'm encouraged. He does have the highest walk percentage of his career at 7.9%. He's on pace for his third uh, third highest amount in plate appearances. So the Royals are finally giving him consistent playing time, which the Nationals didn't do for most of his tenure there. And he's been on a streak, like you said, David. Second half of the season, he's batting 282. The Royals might be a little more conservative. Sid Vinny Pascantino, MJ Melendez, if he picks up a nick here or there. They have a bright future. Michael A. Taylor might be part of it, but I think he's not as valuable as some of the others. So I, I do see him getting a lot of playing time rest of the season. Yeah, again, right now we're looking for playing time from players uh, because you need at-bats, and that's a key thing down the stretch here with guys sitting because of injury. If guys are resting you know, for the playoffs, uh, for you know, the stretch run here, we want guys that are getting everyday at-bats to uh, help you in any categories you need or if you need points for your fantasy team. So. He's somebody that could fit that criteria for you here. Let's talk about a player that just pitched today. Uh, this graphic is obviously not updated to that start. I did see he gave three runs in the first four innings. I've not checked his final line yet. But let's talk about Trevor Rogers, who we touched on also a little bit last week. Six innings in that last start. Give up one run, five hits, five Ks. Just a second quality start of the season and his first since late April. Talked about how he kind of hit the reset button and really felt like he was kind of more himself after not feeling that way the entire season, Marty Party. He's somebody that we've been waiting for him to show any signs of the Trevor Rogers we saw last year. And even this start in the fil- against the Phillies, which I, I'm pulling up right now, not a horrible start by any means. I mean, looking at the box score, you see six innings, three earned runs, eight strikeouts. That's a pretty decent i mean it's a quality start and it's a very acceptable start from what we've seen from trevor rogers recently what do you think about uh trevor rogers down the stretch yeah and we we talked about this last week i said fire him up in all 15 and 12 team leagues 10 team leagues i don't know he's still i think he's still okay for the waiver wire um but yeah eight strikeouts today six inning pitch he got you the quality start and looking at him just overall, I mean, we know what he did last year. 2021 All-Star, he finished second in the National League Rookie of the Year. And the thing that he was working on after his latest um, injury stint is he actually sat down with his pitching coach. And they went through game film of last year. And they noticed his mechanics were completely different this year than they were last year. And so he spent the, that week, week and a half rehabbing, uh, focusing on getting his mechanics where they were last year. So that's encouraging. Uh, it looks like he's kind of fine. You know, he's starting to find that a little bit. Um, overall, moving forward, I still think in shallow leagues, eight, ten team leagues, this is playoff time. It's you know, it's a little risky to do it. But if you're in a points league, it's especially a bigger points league, and you you know, the strikeouts are going to be there. 
Um, but he's only going 80 to 90 pitches, 80, 85 pitches, which is pretty good. But um, don't expect him to get too deep into any of the games. But uh, shallow leagues, be wary. Uh, anything deeper than a 12-team, fire him up. I know he also talked about throwing his changeup more, and he did that in this past start as well. Through his changeup, 19 of his 87 pitches, 22% of the time. They'd only get nine total whiffs on his 87 pitches, so not the best swinging strike rate. But again, the results are what we've been looking for. And Phillies have a good lineup. They've been winning a lot of games recently. So Trevor Rogers, someone down the stretch. Are we starting him regardless of matchup at this point? What do you guys think? I'd say if he pay, plays against the Dodgers or Cardinals, I don't. What about at That's, Colorado? Ooh. Playoff? That's a no for me, dog. It's mm-hmm. a risky business. <laughs> there you go. I have. Uh, Elsie, you look like you were pondering it. No, I'm I'm with – I think they're right. I think Rodgers is still risky. I think he's, he's someone who I definitely throw against poorer offenses, but uh, – but I'm still wary because of his early season troubles. Okay. Trevor Rogers tread lightly, but has some promise down the stretch here. Let's talk about Marcus Stroman. Who's somebody that you wouldn't as nicely, not as rostered as you may think, but over the last seven days, 12 innings pitch, seven hits a 0.75 ERA, only six strikeouts winless over his last seven outings. He's taken just one loss while posting a 329 ERA and a 115 whip across 41 innings over those seven starts. So right now he's somebody that has been giving you innings, but not much else here, Elsie, for your Cubs. Uh, is he somebody that you think can just be steady down the stretch here? Or look, you're not, you're not sticking around for that blow up start that you think might be coming. No, I think he's, he's doing exactly what Stroman does. And when you look, even if you look further back since coming off of the IL uh, in early July, he has a 2.49 ERA actually in 61 innings. So since then, he's has the 31st most innings pitch out of all pitchers, the 52nd most strikeouts out of all pitchers. He's getting you there with volume of innings. You know, he's getting you the Ks because he's like roughly a third or fourth pitcher on a 15 team staff in, in as far as strikeouts goes. Um, and, you know, a fifth pitcher. Uh, on a 12 team type of roster, like you said, he's, he's not getting decisions. He only has two decisions since coming off of the IL in July. Uh, but he's gone at least five innings pitched in eight of those 11 starts. So I think he's just getting unlike unlucky in that. Um, and the Cubs offense is terrible, so it doesn't help, but Stroman's doing exactly what he's been doing. He keeps the, he keeps his walk rate low. He keeps the launch angle low on on the balls that are hit so the fact that he gets hit kind of hard doesn't do a ton of damage to him so um you know otherwise he's pretty pretty average pitcher but he just knows where to put the hard hit balls and put them in play and it's been working out for him i'd keep him coming there's a lot of good uh, good matchups in that division all right keep going with marcus stroman doc kyle bradish or when he's bad kyle Badish. last start seven innings two hits Zero earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts. I did see on MLB Network before his most recent start, which he gave up three earned runs on six hits and three innings, that before that start, he had given up his last or his last 15 innings scoreless 
where this tied for the second longest in uh, current streak in the majors, obviously behind Zach Gallen, but um, a 266 ERA over his last seven starts going into those most recent one over 40.2 innings over that span. And he's had back-to-back starts before, obviously again, his most recent one pitching seven innings or more without allowing a run. So what are we thinking with Kyle Bradish here? Kyle Bradish is somebody with the Orioles. I don't know. I mean, their ballpark is definitely a lot better for pitching than it was last year, but is he somebody in a 15 team league you can see yourself trusting? So what I think is really interesting about Kyle Bradish, and it kind of fits against the O's trend against the Blue Jays. The O's won five consecutive games against them from uh, July or from June to August this year. But if you look at the last 15, besides that, the 12, the O's are three and 12 against them. Now, if you look at Kyle Bradish's last five starts that aren't the um, or last, yeah, last five starts that aren't the Blue Jays, he's gone 30.2 innings and six earned runs. His last three starts against the Blue Jays, 10 innings, nine earned runs. So some teams just have his number. I think he just doesn't pitch well against the Blue Jays. But to the point of the home road splits, um, he's been tremendously better on the road, 234 average as opposed to 335 at home. ERA um, is 6.46 at home, 4.01 on the road. Um, I know the the Camden Yards is supposed to be a pitcher's park now, but I think Kyle Bradish, you play him on the road when he's not facing the Blue Jays, and that's when you'll get his best lineup. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Doc. I, it'll be interesting to see how he goes down the stretch. Obviously, his most recent start not encouraging, but we'll we'll see what he does to wrap up the season here. The last player we'll touch on really quick, Hunter Brown, who made his major league debut. Uh, six innings, three hits, zero runs, one walk, five strikeouts. 64 of his 79 pitches, fastball or curveball were his two go-to pitches, but his slider also up two miles per hour at times in the start, most notably in the first inning against uh, Marcus Simeon. Uh, you can, he talked about being very amped up. Do you guys know who Hunter Brown's idol is? Give us a hint. That's so... I, I do know. Who is... Oh, Marty, Marty stays plugged in. I knew Marty would know. Do you want, can he, I say it? He's a current pitcher in the big leagues. Justin Verlander. Ah, there you go, Doc. Yeah, I was just a guess. I mean, he, he dates Kate Upton. Who, who wouldn't have that as their idol? Yeah, but Hunter Brown idol is Justin Verlander. They look like they almost kind of have a similar delivery in a sense. But Hunter Brown has been somebody that actually on a lot of other teams, he would have already been called up just because the Astros, as we talked about all season, they had like six guys, seven guys at times for five spots. So they didn't have any room for him. They didn't need him up in the major league roster, but he's been great so far in the minor leagues this season. He has a mid nineties fastball that can get up to close to a hundred also has a nice curveball, Like we talked about using this start here. That's why he kind of trusts those as, as his two best pitches. He also does have a changeup and a slider that he'll mix in, but triple a just to give you kind of just a background of some of his numbers. He had uh 106 innings and 11.38 K per nine. We talked about the control being a little bit of an issue. He was walking near four per nine. So that's something I'm going to be curious to see in his next start, if he's going to be able to replicate. Him only having one walk is not something he's used to actually having. Um, So that will be something to keep an eye on with him in terms of how long he'll be able to go into a game. But the stuff is very nasty. And uh, he's somebody that, I'm again, we talked about any other team, I think, or, or maybe outside like the Dodgers, stuff like that. He he would be uh, been called up by now. Um, 
So I'm excited to watch this kid pitch. I think he has like number two starter type of upside. If you were to, you know, hit all everything at his potential, but I'm really excited for Hunter Brown. If he's out there in your league right now, he's somebody that you might want to pick up down the stretch here. Cause the Astros, you look at Framber Valdez, you look at uh, Jose Urquidy, you look at especially Christian Javier, they're going to want to make sure they have these guys ready to go for the, the postseason. Hunter Brown will not be a starter for them in the postseason. So he could be somebody that they're going to give him some more innings here, some more chances in the rotation down the stretch. So I like Hunter Brown rest of season for sure. Yeah, real quick, um, especially his next matchup is against the Detroit Tigers, the worst hitting team in baseball, specifically against righties. And he's only 34% rostered in Yahoo. Of course, he's picked up in all my leagues, but <laughs> scoop him up. I would have loved to get him for a two start on Sunday, but he has to pitch on Monday, of course. Yep. Yeah, it's unfortunate. All right. Let us now go to Elsie's Bring Out You Dead. <laughs> that's not the right sound. Ooh, Sorry. I like that one. No, that's a good <laughs> one. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Bring out your dead, everybody. Bring out your dead. I'm going to come along with my my cart. Who's been stinking up your rosters? You got some dead bodies on that roster. Get them off your roster. I'm coming by. We got a couple guys, a couple players on the roster this week. Let's see who's been suggested to bring out to the death cart this week. First person suggested to bring out to the death cart. Uh, Arving from, uh, from Darf. Great new uh, um, multilingual uh, uh, fantasy baseball analyst in the D.C. area. He's in our DARF League. Um, bringing up Yuli Guriel and Juan Soto. My goodness. Uh, um, um, Yuli really could not have had a, a, a much harder season, much tougher season. I I cannot see where he goes next season. He, of course, um you know, it's it's truly a displeasure to watch Yuli Gurriel play the game of baseball, says depressed Longhorn fan um, on Twitter, because uh, Yuli's just been terrible. I dropped him. I held on to him for way too long in my uh, TGFBI league because I, I kind of thought Houston was going to – he was going to pick back up for Houston. But you know what? Actually, he's been worse since I dropped him, and he was terrible before then. Now, Arving also bringing up Juan Soto. Juan Soto hitting in the 240s this year. Um, now, if you look at his 2021 to 2022 StatCast profiles, they're really similar. Of course, he's all red, all red everywhere, except for in one change. He was in the 89th percentile, Juan Soto was, in outs above average in 2021. He is in the first percentile in outs above average. He is not getting any love on his uh, on his batted balls, and that is why he's hitting in the two forties. Uh, where does he go next season? First round, I think. If he sees some slippage because of this batting average, jump on it. I understand Arving is not getting the value he wanted, but uh, this is Juan Soto. People, we are not jumping off of that bandwagon for next season for sure. Doc. Kyle Gibson. Doc, do you wanna do you wanna say your piece on Kyle Gibson now? I mean, look, he you know, he's done well most of the season. Um, you know, we I guess the blow up was coming at some point. Um, you know, that pig nose looking uh <laughs> just fantasy killer. I'm I'm trying not to cuss and, and be respectful of Kyle Gibson. 
I also blame ESPN. ESPN just sent out a mass amount of jinxes last week saying Aaron Nola is going to be the ace you want down the stretch implodes against the Diamondbacks. Kyle Gibson is a great play against the Giants. This is why people don't respect ESPN. They're outdated and we need to replace oh them. This is true. This is true. They still have those 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 jobbers on their uh, fantasy baseball podcast too. Now, if you swear about Kyle Gibson, you will just be joining the other Philadelphia fans. I look for tweets every week for bring out your dead. Uh, it was hard to find them without swear words in 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 uh, in Philadelphia for Kyle Gibson. So I'm not going to say the tweets. They're up on the screen if you're watching at 29 minutes. <laughs> But uh, but the uh, the the tag the the handles are Philly sports sufferer and depressed Philly fan Phillies fan. Uh, I think they might have changed their name after Gibson's game started. Of course, the best month the best months all start with A for Kyle Gibson. Maybe that's the key. Pitch him in April and August, and you'll be all right. Third player suggested Bobby Dahlbeck. I really wanted to dive into Bobby option to. Triple A Worcester just uh, Sunday on the fourth. He really isn't hitting the ball much worse than he had been last season. 25 home runs last season, only 11 this season. What's dropped is his home runs for fly ball dropped from 22 to 13 percent. And um, you you know you, you you can't really can't really put much into this. Like he his uh, he he seemed to be hurt with the uh, the tough baseball, just like a lot of people. His exit velocity is still pretty pretty darn good. His barrel percentage is still pretty elite. His hard hit percentage is still pretty elite. Ball's not going out of the park. His batting average has dropped. Otherwise, the, the metrics are fairly similar to last season's 25 home run, 78 RBI campaign. But the results aren't there this year, and and, and Boston has not given him a chance down the stretch. They brought, they brought him down to, to Worcester, so... You know, I think we're going to have to see if if they even give him another chance. Maybe he'll be in Pittsburgh like uh, all the other ex-Boston prospects next season. Uh, Fourth person mentioned, well, more than four. Tim Kanak, our uh, uh, TGFBI and uh, uh, fantasy baseball analyst, Tim Kanak, was talking to us about uh, having – McClanahan, Scherzer, and Verlander on a head-to-head 20-team league, as well as Rasmussen, who has a baby this week and is in paternity, and D.L. Hall, who's been terrible. So uh, the only thing I could say is it's your playoffs this week. You're in trouble. Uh, so you can uh, do that like that old Nancy Sinatra song, wishing <laughs> and hoping and thinking and praying, planning and dreaming this staff full of stars. That won't get you one healthy arm. Yeah, uh, you're in trouble, Tim. So this is good. Have a good season. Great staff you built. <laughs> Killed you in the playoffs. Uh, he also came back. His TGFBI: Walker Bueller, Blake Trinan, Joe Adele, Jorge, Jorge Soler. Tough ones. Bueller figured it out last week was the biggest bust pitcher of the season. Or a few weeks ago, I, I figured that out in trends. He's been the biggest bust pitcher of the season. Bueller. Uh, uh, Tommy John surgery on the 23rd. We'll see you in 2024, Walker, hopefully. Um, the Stringer, bringing up uh, Akil Badu. Uh, Badu to the bone. Oh, my gosh. He's been he's been rough. They they sent him down to AAA, 300, 400, 500, triple slash in AAA. 
The guy can hit AAA pitching like nobody's business, comes back up. He's no good again. His K rate's up. His BABIP's down. That's a bad combination for, 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 uh, for his season. I have to think this entire Tigers team is down this year. There's something going on. There's bad juju. Next season, Tigers might be one of those, you know, draft last year's bums type thing. There's a lot of guys, Baez, Meadows, Badu. They're all going to be discounted. I think a couple of them are going to bounce back. I got to do some research, but they're definitely going to be in some sort of a last year's bums category. Badu definitely drafted in the top 150. Horrible this year. Marty, last person bringing up Tyler Molly. Tyler Molly is killing you. Then Lukey, our, our boy Lukey, uh, ex triple play host, dropped him for uh, for Mike Soroka. So um, for you, Lukey, I'm adapting the Sublime song "Waiting for My Ruka" just for you, okay? Uh, and it goes like this, and then I'm getting out of here. I, guys, I I got a little silly this week. Uh, we moved from Mali down to Dirty. That's Atlanta. Right now he's trying to get back to play. I want to know, Soroka, am I the only one? Mm-hmm. Tell me. And he said, you're not the only one, but you're the best, Luki. Oh, oh. <laughs> and now I'm waiting for Soroka. <laughs> All wow. right, that's up. I'm out of here. That's Good amazing. luck in your playoffs, Luki. <laughs> Elsie singing, that is always sublime. <laughs> Woo! getting hot in here (laughs) no one can turn my microphone off either so all right let's take a look at some of the most added players from this past week here and uh looking at the list we have gunner henderson kicking the list off added in 31 percent of leagues corbin carroll nick martinez who's getting a lot of saves over in san diego jake mccarthy joey manessis kyle bradish lars newtbar how is Lars Newbar still only 75% owned? I do not understand that. And Hunter Brown, at this point, was added in 20% of leagues. I'm sure it's more since the Monday when I took this uh, thing here. So those are your top added players, your most dropped players. A lot of these guys are usually hurt. Brett Beatty, out for the year. Jared Walsh, out for the year. Alex Wood, Aaron Savale, Brandon Lau. Marcelo Zuna, Aroldis Chapman, and Jesus Aguilar are on your most dropped list. And then looking at games for next week, we have the Orioles, Red Sox, Rockies, Brewers, Yankees, Seattle Mariners, and Washington Nationals with five games. So I'm going to say that one more time. The Orioles, Red Sox, Rockies, Brewers, Yankees, Mariners, and Nationals. Five games next week. Meanwhile... You have the Cleveland Guardians, the Miami Marlins, Pittsburgh Pirates, Toronto Blue Jays, and Tampa Bay Rays with eight games, and the Cincinnati Reds playing nine. So Cincinnati Reds players nine games next week, Guardians, Marlins, Pirates, Blue Jays, Rays with eight games. So Crazy week. Yeah, so keep an eye. There's a lot of different amount of games next week, so... Maybe you want to start someone on the Reds that you might not have normally started because they have nine games as compared to someone on the Orioles that has five games. So just keep an eye on the schedule for next week. It is get pretty hectic. All right, Doc, take it away with some of your hitting streamers for the people. All right. No sound effect, but cool. I have, you remember I, my soundboard is like wonky, so I have to find it. 
Okay. That was bad. First is Mr. Tony Kemp, owned in 3.7% of ESPN leagues, has hit in nine straight games, career high in barrel percentage, also hitting leadoff. Athletics have six games next week, all on the road. Um, so he's going to maximize those plate appearances as the theme of this show has been you're looking for at-bats and people that are playing every day. Second base and outfield eligible. So that's going to be – is, is Tony's career high in barrel percentage 1%? <laughs> it's close to that. I think it's like 4%. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, somebody that's going to give you counting stats um, as we look towards the end of the season – the next is Elvis Andrews, and I can't believe he's only owned in 10.4% of ESPN leagues or that he wasn't a player of the week. His last seven games, 333, 355, 700 triple slash, three homers, nine RBIs. He's hit leadoff in the last eight games. The White Sox are in win-now territory, so they're going to play the hot bat. It's crazy. He actually only has five runs in those last seven games, but with the White Sox, that's something that could definitely increase with that. Um, and I feel like shortstop is a little bit shallow, especially this time of year. So I would definitely get Elvis Andrews and play him, even put him in utility if you can. And the last one is Kevin Biggio, owned in 7.7% of ESPN leagues. Last seven days, 294, 429, 824, triple slash, three homers, five RBIs. Now he has been on the bench the last two days. Uh, hopefully that means he's a little bit rested. I know that he's sharing time with, Santiago Espinal, but he is day-to-day with a hand injury and Whit Merrifield as well. But this is the reason I'm adding him because at this point in the season, you need to plug in players wherever you can. First, second, third, outfield eligible. And an injury to anyone in the Blue Jays lineup, not just Espinal or Mitt, Whit Merrifield, but Springer, Lords Goriel. Thanks for that sound effect as I'm almost done, David. Um, an injury, and I think Kevin Biggio slots into an everyday role. Nice. Yeah. Kevin Biggio. Uh, do you guys think Kevin Biggio is, is at this point just going to be a waiver wire guy the rest of his career? Does he figure it out? He's better he? than I thought he would be this year. I thought his career was already done. Because mm-hmm. he had neck issues. Fair. All right. Uh, there was a couple sounds on here I was I had to play. Hold on. I actually haven't searched for new sounds in a while, so <laughs> I just wanted to hear a couple. Suck up dick! All right, never mind. Sorry about that, everybody that's listening. Let's go to uh, let's go to Marty's two start pitchers. Always a crowd favorite. Go ahead, Marty, take it away. Sound effect. <laughs> Do I Come play the, the battle one for you? I don't know. Give me something dirty. Something Come on. dirty. Yeah. It's the end of the season. Art's art singing. You know, like, let's just do it. No, that's not. I thought it would be dirtier. Mm. About, um. How long is that one? <laughs> Boys and girls, that's a dinger. There we yeah. go. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. So uh, two star pitchers coming up here for uh, this will be the first week of most head to head playoffs. Um, some of you have already in it, but um, yeah, this is the this is the time. So these are the no doubters for next week. 
Jacob DeGrom versus the Cubs versus Pittsburgh, Alec Manoa versus the Rays versus Baltimore, and Sandy Alcantara versus Philly at Washington. The no doubts. We have a lot of yeah, why nots uh, this week. Um, I try to keep them not as many as this, but I just couldn't help myself. This is uh, this is what we came up with. So, so Joe Musgrove, I know he's been struggling a little bit, but at Seattle, which is a, a decent to pretty good lineup. And then, you know, the Diamondbacks are terrible. Um, at Diamond Seattle, has, Diamondbacks messed him up yesterday. Yeah, I know he had a rough, he had a rough, rough going there. But at this point, I mean, you can't, you know, you're not. I know, I agree with you. I'm just, I was just right. saying that. Yeah, no, he did. He definitely did. Uh, so yeah, at the Mariners, at the Diamondbacks, Tyler Anderson at the Diamondbacks, at Giants, Chris Bassett versus the Cubs versus Pirates, Jordan Montgomery versus Milwaukee versus Cincinnati, Joe Ryan versus Kansas City versus the Cubs. Hunter Brown at Detroit versus Oakland. Scoop him up next week. That is just, it does literally does not get better than that. Uh, Michael Kopech, who got blown up today for four earned runs, but first Colorado at home and then at Detroit. I like those matchups. Uh, Kyle Wright at the Giants versus uh, the Phillies. Explain to me how Bassett isn't a no doubter. Two juicy matchups, been on a roll recently. Well, let's, if I was, I don't think he fits into the Jacob DeGrom, Alec Manoa, Sandy Alcantara. I mean, yeah, but that's... All right, you agree with me. Moving on to the risky (laughs) business. So going to Drew Rasmussen at Toronto versus Texas. Nick Pavetta versus the Yankees versus the Royals. Eduardo Rodriguez at uh, versus Houston versus the White Sox. Trevor Rogers versus Texas at Washington. Jeffrey Springs at Toronto versus Texas. So on the bubble here was uh, Rasmussen and Springs. Expected ERA for both a checkout. Um, at Toronto, they are third um, third best against righties, like seventh best against lefties. And then Texas isn't really good at all. So for both of those, I could see you you know moving up to a uh, – to a yeah, why not, or a should start, but the at Toronto is a little scary. So that's is Rasmussen I'm still a two-star pitcher? He was on the paternity leave. I mean, who knows? Half of these guys may not be by the time Monday comes. But uh, so yeah, keep an eye out on that. I did see that, but that could be a three a three day. You know, usually that's three days ish. They give them. They don't give them too much time, which I guess makes sense. But uh, they need them. I mean, they need them for the wild card. So we'll, we'll see. But yeah, definitely keep an eye out on that. And then lastly, the take of seats. We got a we got a bunch here. Uh, Bailey Falter at Miami at Braves. Uh, Ken Waldachuk at the Rangers at Houston. Mike Miner versus Pittsburgh at St. Louis Cardinals. Glenn Otto at the Marlins at the Rays. Mitch White versus the Rays versus Baltimore. Chris Bubacare at Minnesota at mm-hmm. Boston. Ryan Wilson versus the Dodgers at Padres. Javier Assad at the Mets versus Colorado. Cody Morris versus the Angels versus Minnesota. Bryce Wilson at Cincy at Mets. Cole Reagan at Marlins at Rays. Luis Kessa versus Pittsburgh at St. Louis. Uh, Johan Aviedo at Cincinnati at Mets. And lastly, Alex Cobb, who he's been so brutal lately after that really good stretch. And all of his expected numbers do check out. So, but versus the Braves versus the Dodgers, take a seat, son. That's going to be a tough week for you. And those are your. Two star pitchers. All right. Doc, that was a lot of commentary from you today. You I mean, I on. agree with a lot of them, and we're kind of at the point now where end of the season, like you're getting a lot of stuff. I mean, I still stamp that Bassett needs to be a no doubt. Like, is he in that category? No, but he actually has better matchups. And he's been better than Manoa recently. Manoa had a good game today, but he's had a couple of shaky outings. Bassett has just been on fire against good teams, too. 
Well, we've me, seen. Uh, Good, Marty. I was gonna say. I mean, we're yeah. I would say we're splitting hairs on that because I mean, either way, you're gonna start him. But yeah, I don't have a problem with saying he's a must start. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, I I have to argue for the sake of arguing on one thing, but. Well, so let me ask you guys this off off topic for a second, kind of on topic. We see. Justin Verlander down with injury. We see Shane McClanahan go down with injury. We see Alec Manoa starting to scuffle. Who is the AL Cy Young right now, if you had to pick? Guys, got to be Dylan Cease. David, did you set that question up? <laughs> You're like, yeah, you read me like a book. Cease, right? <laughs> well, so I will say one thing, though. The one thing I wanted to add that, not for the American League, but for the National League. One of our listeners brought up uh, about, I, I put a tweet about Ryan Helsley. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, if you guys saw, have you seen just exactly how good he's been this season? He's been crazy good. He's a .98 ERA. And I did research last night before I went to bed. And he has the, if the season ended today, he would have the fourth lowest qualifying ERA since 1932. Or I, I, the, the, it's the lowest ERA since 1932. There's only been three pitchers all time documented that had a lower ERA minimum 50 innings pitch. That's how pretty many, crazy. Uh, how many innings does he have? I'm looking that up right now. 56, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, 55.1. So yeah, it's so a he, good stretch, but it doesn't qualify him. I mean, that's, that's freaking dominance. Eckersley won... In 1990, with a point something ERA, as he's not getting it over Sandy though. I mean, Sandy's been kind of on and off. I mean, he's not going to win it. But if if Helsley doesn't give up another run the rest of the year, his ERA How many blew, saves does he, he have? His he has uh, like 13, right? The, 13 or 14? I think he has more than that. I have to double check. But I mean, if, if let, right now, let's let's play the scenario. Saves. Let's say that Helsley doesn't give up another run the rest of the year. Usually now, like his ERA is only going down 0.01 every time he gets three outs at mm-hmm. this point. So let's say he gets to a 0.89 ERA. Let's just like for shit for stuff and giggles here. Uh, <laughs> uh, the 0.89 ERA in like 70 innings as a closer. Did he not get votes for Cy Young? No, because I mean, it's one. Yeah, he should get maybe some second or some third place votes. I won't even say second place, but mm-hmm. it's you have to look at the sample size too. He's thrown, he's played in 45 outings. Let's see how many innings 55.1 innings. Like, mm-hmm. if he had one bad outing, that could entirely ruin his ratios there. And that's mm-hmm. how that's the catch 22 of it. Um, with starting pitchers is that they're you know, a, a sub three ERA for somebody that throws 150 plus innings. It's a larger sample size factoring in that they might have those blowups that they're seeing the lineup second and third time around. It's a really impressive season that Helsley's having, but you can't say that he's the most valuable pitcher. You don't even have the save numbers to back it up. I think, yeah, the saves, the saves are what's going to hold him back. If he had like 40 something saves, it's, it's just, the, the voters are going to like want something. He has nine wins though. He's nine and one. He's 14 saves. You know, he gets he's double digit fr- wins. Like if he gets 10 wins and 20 saves and has a 0.89 ERA. 
So he would need six. That's pretty good. He would need one more win and six more saves. That's a mm-hmm. lot. I mean, there's still 20-something games left. Yeah. I'm yeah, a thorough believer that no relief pitcher should ever win the Cy Young. That's ridiculous. Eric Gagne won it. Mm-hmm. Show I mean, them. I, Don't I, care. Nine, right, look me, at Sandy Alcantara, 190.2 innings pitched, 170 strikeouts, 2.36 ERA, 1.00 whip, and 19 quality starts. Wait, if you're on the clock, do you draft him or Lucas Giolito? <laughs> <laughs> uh, d- uh, definitely Sandy. God damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, all right, last, last thing here to go off topic. Where does Ryan Helsley go in drafts next year? Probably too high. Yeah. This is going to be a really fun topic to have in the offseason. I'm, I'm court, saying guys. fourth round. If I go like third, fourth round, like for how far closers were pushed up. I think the way that Hader imploded this year has really yeah. kind of pushed closers back because someone out of the start first out dominant and then kill your ratios. Out of and the Hader's first been round, as consistent as they come. Because there were people that were double tapping Hendricks, Hader, and were taking closers easily in the first two rounds. I think mm-hmm. those days might be done. But I would not be shocked to see Helsley go in the third. I would. I would because he just he doesn't get the save numbers and we don't know if the Cardinals are going to cuz they've been playing with saves even since they named him the closer. He's there's been a lot of other pitchers on their staff who have been getting saves. He only has 14 and he's been the closer for most of the season, so it's like so he's like he gets used in a lot of high leverage situations, which is why he has 9 wins, but he's not getting like elite save totals. So I think he he'll probably go but in like the like the top 100, but not in the top 50. I don't think. I'm gonna love to see how drafts start going. Yeah. in the early part of the off season. All right, let's go ahead. Go back to Doc. Let's go ahead and go over your pitching streamers. All right. Thank you for the graphic, David. So the Sound first, effect. you did the graphic. Uh, thank you. Giving myself credit. Hayes Lizardo owned in 34.8 percent of ESPN leagues. Now, since he's come back from the IL, he's gone at least five innings pitched in all seven starts. Um, But what is a little bit concerning is he has two walks in each of his last five outings. But he does balance that out with some upside, has at least four-plus strikeouts in all of those outings with a ceiling of nine. Um, He did have 11 in his debut this year, so you know that he can give you that high upside you're looking for. What I do think is impressive, though, he's only given up two home runs in 43.1 innings since the IL. Uh, but it is risky versing, versus the Mets. But once again, his ceiling is probably higher than what you can get a lot on the waiver wire. Keep in mind, this is owned in less than 50% of leagues. The next is Dylan Bundy, owned in 21.7% of ESPN leagues. The Guardians are on a cold stretch at the wrong time of the year, 4-8 and eight in their last 12 games. Dylan Bundy allowed two runs or less in his last five starts. Now, granted, he hasn't gone super long in the games, but um, four out of those last five, he's gone at least five innings so he can get you the win. And during that time, 16 to 6K to walk ratio. He has been pitching to contact, but not a lot of good streamers this weekend. And the last is Brian Bello. And if you look at the picture, he looks blown. Maybe he just gave up a home run. Owned in 2.2% of ESPN leagues. He hasn't allowed a home run yet in 32 innings. And uh, besides Kyle Bradish, Orioles are a pitcher's park. I have a new drinking game every time I go to the stadium and somebody hits it to left field and somebody goes, 
That would have been a home run last year. It's pretty popular drinking game. His expected metrics are actually better than his actual a 591 ERA, but a 408 expected ERA, a 408 BABIP. You expect that to, to regress some. Um, and he, his most recent outing looked impressive against Toronto, six shutout innings. So hopefully he keeps it going a little bit. All right. Nice job with the pitching streamers there, Doc. Uh, comment here on the uh, – speaking of Loki D, there he is. Let's put him up on the screen. Our guy, it's been a little bit since I think Lucas has uh, been on the live stream with us on the show here, said, I managed to snag Hendricks this year and in round four. With how uh, batting has been such an uphill battle this year, I expect next year will be better, uh, batter heavy up front. What do you guys think? I, I agree, especially with like what has come to uh, pretty much everyone pay, overpaid for saves mm-hmm. this year, and I think everyone's going to remember that. And then I, I think now there will be that like big tilt where, where all of a sudden one of them shoots up like in the second round or third round, but I don't think it's going to be five in the first 50 picks like we saw this year. Yeah. You're the only closer who top closer who paid the investment was Kenley because Chapman stunk. Presley is good, but he's had some in a lot of injuries. Rysel lost his job. Hader and Hendricks have both been, T- have had tough seasons. Uh, Classe has been good. I, 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 I should say Classe has been good. Kenley's been good, but that's like 80% of the top eight have had disappointing seasons. It's going to be interesting yeah. where Edwin Diaz goes. Oh yeah. Diaz was, yeah. Diaz was a monster. Yeah. Um, all right, Marty, let's go ahead and let's talk about your weekend warriors. No other way. I'd rather start off a segment. All right. So starting with O'Neill Cruz this weekend. Oh, yeah. The weekend warrior, September 9th through the 11th, mostly for your head-to-head daily leagues. Um, this is go time, baby. This might be your first round of the playoffs, or maybe next week it starts, and you're trying to secure a good seed. So starting with number one, O'Neill Cruz, shortstop for Pittsburgh, three games at home versus the Cardinals. He's 50% rostered. That's dropped over the last couple weeks. So, you know, after that uh, – He's hit a cold streak, but he looks like he's coming a little bit more back around. He's six for his last 21, so he's batting 286 over his last seven days. Two home runs, three runs, and four RBIs. Number two is Eduardo Rodriguez, New York Mets, first base, second base, third base eligibility, 34% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. He's batting 313 over the last week with two home runs, two runs, and four RBIs as well. Three games at Miami, so we obviously don't love the ballpark, but um, – you know, he's batting every day, seventh or eighth, ninth in that lineup. So he'll be uh, he'll be getting in there. And he has that multi-eligibility that anybody can use at this point. And uh, Art's boy, number three, Franil Reyes, uh, outfielder, Chicago Cubs, 44% rostered, five for his last 17. So he's batting 294 with the home run, three runs and three RBIs and three home games versus the Giants. Hopefully that wind is blowing out for him. Let's uh, move on to the uh, pitchers for this weekend. Nicola Dolo, Cincinnati, 33% rostered at the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers are the sixth worst team versus lefties this season. So I really like the matchup. Over the last two weeks, Lodolo has been on fire. Uh, over third, his last 13 innings, he has 14 strikeouts, a 2.08 ERA, and the whip, 0.69. He's limiting his walks for the first time uh, this year. So maybe he's kind of touched into something we haven't seen yet. And the batters aren't going to be able to touch him because he's uh, he's been striking people out. 
So um, number two is Ross Stripling. I feel like he is the weekend warrior. I think he's been on this thing four times, and he's, he's still doing it. 63% rostered at Texas, which is the ninth worst team versus righties. Over the last 30 days, and that he's uh, pitched 24.1 innings. He has two wins, 27 strikeouts, a 2.59 ERA, and a 0.82 whip. At number three, uh, Dean Kremer, uh, Baltimore versus Red Sox. Red. And is it Kremer or Kramer? I think it's Kramer. Kramer! I'll call him Kramer. Uh, <laughs> first, the Red Sox uh, at home in Camden Yards. Uh, the Red Sox are 15th overall versus righties, but they just have a literally a league average offense. Um, 100 WRC plus. He's uh, 30 per uh, 30% rostered th- over his last um, over the last month. He has 31.2 innings, two wins, 25 strikeouts, 2.84 ERA, a 1.01 WHIP. And last time out versus Boston, he went 5.1 innings and only gave up a single run. So just to, a heads up, he pitched 5.1 innings in relief today. So, ooh. so, so they're using him as a, um, as a, uh, what is that called? Not a starter, but what, what, what are back? Yeah, there's a what are the the Rays use that all the time? There's a word for it. We'll use follower. That's fine. Yeah. So yeah, check to see that if he actually is bullpen um, game. Was it a bullpen game? Okay. Um, but yeah, so check, make sure, um, maybe do some reading on that. Maybe the, uh, the coaches will talk about that, but to round it up, O'Neill Cruz, Eduardo Rodriguez and Franmil Reyes for your hitters this weekend, Nick Lodolo, Ross Stripling and Dean Kramer, 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 Kramer. Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> nice job with the weekend warriors, Marty. Elsie, let's wrap this show up. Why don't you go ahead and tell us some arts, charts, and trends? Oh, Lord, he coming! <laughs> uh, Fran Mill actually hitting 280 since joining the Cubs. So, yeah, he's been he's been doing well. As this is arts, charts, I decided to make some charts this week. Um, I broke down the 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 roto uh, the roto statistics by position just to just just because I thought it would be interesting to figure out uh, which positions are producing the different Roto statistics. And, and also because I've been having trouble, you know, visualizing drafts next season, how things are going to go. And I wanted to see maybe looking ahead, what positions have been producing uh, what statistics this year. Definitely. Uh, you have to look at players on the individual level. And part of this is only so that I could make some fun pie charts, but um, it is helpful to, to, to see um, how, how this season played out. Now, um, as we've all had trouble uh, filling our power quotas, or some of us, including this guy, Cheesecake here, one of the things that I noticed this season is that first base has not been problematic with, with, with power. 17% of all home runs have been hit by first baseman, which is – and now, now I this is of all um, home runs hit by players with at least ninety plate appearances. I, I'll say this: I had to cut it off at a certain point, or else the the chart would be huge. It would just be so many numbers. So, um, so first basemen have been providing a great deal of power. The average uh, the average first baseman um, is producing more home runs, 12 home runs of the, the top 62 first baseman and plate appearances average 12 home runs. If you take the top, um, the top 
people in any other position, the best next best is nine home runs. So first basemen are hitting home runs at a much higher rate than other positions this year. Um, they're also producing in other hitting categories uh, very well as well. RBIs, first basemen are producing 16% of all RBIs. Now, um, uh, this is, uh, I thought this was an interesting thing. Like the, when you start, when you're trying to build your roster, you're always going after, going after speed early. As we lo- saw last week on last week's trends, um, first basemen have, were very good, uh, high draft picks, very, very high quality, high bit draft picks this season. And it shows in the numbers, their home runs are above their, uh, hitting above their their weight on home runs hitting above their weight on RBIs. Now if you go to runs however, it seems as though second basemen are the ones who really jump up in runs. Uh whereas um the first basemen fall down and 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 they're they kind of flip-flop. Second baseman's runs go way up. Uh, the other positions stay fairly consistent across these statistics. Their 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 percentages uh but um but this is one where where the uh, the numbers change. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Stolen bases. Eighty percent of the stolen bases come from three positions: outfield, shortstop, and second base. Um, on the season, and shortstops, you know, average um, almost almost uh, eight stolen bases per person um, from their top 51. They have 51 shortstops with at least 90 plate appearances. Uh, They're hitting, and it's interesting because everyone talks about how deep shortstops are. Their hitting is weak across the board other than their top guys. It's not a deep position if you're outside of the, you know, top 10 or 12 or 15. Once you get past that, it's not good hitting, but there is speed all the way down. And so uh, 18% of steals come from shortstops. And that is, uh, that is by far the, the most per person out of any position. Um, so that I thought that was interesting to look at, like what positions are producing statistics. I also did, um, did some, uh, some look at what, what players, how players are performing on the season. I, I did a, a, a rough mock-up of uh, standard deviation to try and see, to try and see uh, um, uh, what counting stats, uh, who's been the most valuable player as it comes to counting stats. No surprise here. Aaron Judge has been by far the most play, valuable player for counting stats on the season. The top 20 right there in front of you, um, Ad- Adolis Garcia surprisingly very high up on the list when you, if you if you this does not count batting average but if you count the counting stats Adolis Garcia has been the 1 2 3 4 5 eight, sixth sixth best player on the season uh David's guy Bobby Witt Jr also there in the top 20 players on the season because of his uh incredible steals production Julio Rodriguez also there because of his incredible steals production it's been it's interesting when you when you look when you value um, when you value things in a standard deviation way you can start to see how how their counting stats um, how they accumulate their counting stats and how it separates them from the players who who don't accumulate these types of stats. Uh, Aaron Judge's home runs are nearly fifteen standard deviations above above the average, which is incredible on the season. The next best. Is about eight 
standard deviations. And if you want to learn more about standard deviations, you know, send me a DM and I'll tell you all about how to do this on the season. Uh, it, it is really interesting to see how much speed plays into though on this. So as a last point on the arch charts, I'm moving away from charts. And I wanted to talk about a guy who I, uh, you know, the rabbit problem, the guy who some people call the league winner, uh, birdie, John birdie steals, uh, are the only reason he's a positive player on the season. He needs a top 100 player on the season so far because of that steals his steals. Uh, but he's only played in 76 of 134 games. Hopefully you get some replacement value. You got some replacement value for, from the games he didn't play. But his run scored RBI and home runs are both. None of those three are above average per plate appearance for him. And uh, and there, uh, his RBIs and home runs are incredibly below average. Um, so Birdie is the type of guy who I think we have to look at for next season, as with all a lot of the other rabbits as to where to draft them, how are we going to value a guy like Birdie and his speed and what he was able to give you in that short period this year, whether or not he's even going to have a position for next season. Um, I just thought it was this. He's a guy who um, whose entire value comes out of his speed. And, and when you look and when you dig down into it, he's actively hurting you in every other aspect of your roto league. So I thought it was an interesting thing to look at. I didn't get any of him. Maybe I'm trying to justify that, but, um, but it was an interesting thing to look at how, how actually the speed is really the only thing he's doing for you, even though he's given you a ton of that speed on the season. Um, so those are the trends I looked at some of the charts I, uh, I made this week. Um, thanks for hope that was helpful. Doc doesn't even, <laughs> I was waiting for Doc's comment. Lucas and, appreciates uh, and those. those my charts and trends. <laughs> what are we going to do in the offseason with no LC of his staple saying and no Marty's two star pitchers? Are we just going to well, ax the show? Shut it down. Segments. Yeah. Different segments. We'll have a fun offseason. Yeah, for those that are sticking with us, we appreciate you guys all season. Um, Absolutely. We, you know, we put the time for, we've talked about it before, doing all these slides because of you guys checking out the show. It means a lot to us. And uh, off season, we're going to have tons of great guests coming back on the show. I, I can't wait to line up the guys that we're going to have and girls on here. And uh, hopefully some baseball players again. We're going to get some some interviews with some hopefully current former baseball players. You know the vibes that we like to do here. It's going to be a fun off season. All Lucas, guests are welcome besides Mike Curland. Uh, I love Mike Curland. I love Mike. Mike's always welcome. <laughs> Gents, who are two to three pitchers that are owned in less than 50% of leagues that you're targeting to start in week 24, my finals week? Ryan Connor Brown's a good one. Yeah, I mean, Doc's, Doc's, um, Doc's streamers are pretty good. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, I mean, Doc did give them so. Look at them twice, but, you know. Yeah, and, and look at some other ones from last week. Like Marty had said, ESPN is typically – rostered less than yahoo because most people that do espn are switching to it for football so i think it depends on the platform that you're on but any young arm or on a team that's contending i think is a viable option yeah i mean doc with his does a lot of work with the the streamers here and uh i think a lot of times i mean that's that's technically two weeks away so it their matchups could change really quickly like you could see someone skip a start or Oh, uh, in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So like that, or, you know, 
they yeah. they shuffle the deck. So it's it's definitely hard, I think, at this point to do it that far out. But like I, I understand, I I would be looking at that too for the championship as well. And uh, Luke, it's been a while since I've jumped on him. His life has been crazy, but love the stuff. Thanks for all your work, boys. It's been because of you. So, Lucas, man, you are a smart dude. Uh, you got to give yourself credit to my friend. You are freaking killing it. You came on here and you were uh, one of the smartest guys we've talked to. So give yourself some credit to my friend. You have been just doing great things this season. And again, everybody else that tunes in, we appreciate you guys. And if you enjoy the content, please make sure you share it with your friends. If they like YouTube, if they like podcasts. It's word of mouth. Anything that way that we can get heard by more people is always the best way to support us. You can always like the videos on YouTube, leave comments, all that good stuff. Uh, gents, anything you want to add before we sign off? Uh, I would like to put this out there that Shohei Otani is going to be the MVP of baseball this year. So I put $25 plus 600 odds. The win's 175, and he hit two home runs the day I did it. I mean, as long as Aaron Judge just calms down a little bit and they start treating him like Barry Bonds, let's give the guy some intentional walks. He only has 11 intentional walks, and he's the only person on the team hitting. Why are they pitching to him? Yeah. Shohei Otani, let's go. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, AL MVP. Uh, When he got called up, I right away threw uh, 10 bucks to win 65 at plus 650 odds. Adley Rutschman has not had enough at-bats. Bobby Witt, um, I just don't want David to be happy. J-Rod MVP, or AL Rookie of the Year. Bobby Witt would have won Rookie of the Year if it wasn't for a crazy year from J-Rod, which, yeah. I mean, to be honest, he slowed down some, like, from what he was doing midseason. Their numbers aren't, like, crazy different in terms of home runs, stolen bases, batting average. David, you sound like an analyst that you and I talk about a lot in the football space. <laughs> That's funny. Um yeah, I, I, you know what I'm excited to do really quick it is in the off season. One of our first episodes to be our hidden misses because there there are some miss I some misses I had and some hits, and I forgot because I, I obviously you keep track of your own, but just to go through the ones that you guys were high on too and the guys that you missed, and we kind of go through our processes and see what worked and what didn't. Before anyone says it, Lucas Giolito, there you go. <laughs> my entire darf team is is a miss my draft so uh i'll just i'll just read that roster for the misses. Oh, with merrifield i'm taking a huge l on that tanner halk was one of the guys i was pumping up all off season him and ashby christian javier hit really well uh but the other two pitchers i was hyping up uh injuries and poor performance definitely hurt those two guys uh, but yeah, that'll, that'll be a fun episode. We'll we'll go more into that when we get there. But uh, for Marty, for a little cheesecake, for Doc, I'm Demendi. We're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. <laughs> Catch you guys next week.